Today we're talking about the Curse of La Llorona, and we're answering your questions from Twitter and other social media apps. Today's podcast is brought to you by the fake commercial I made for my audio production class earlier in the semester. Enjoy. <sighs> Another day in the life of Georgina. My business is failing, I'm losing clients, and I do not know what to do anymore. Sounds like you need a video for your business. Huh? Who's there? You should try Motion Blur Media Productions for any of your video service needs. Thanks, Motion Blur Media. Motion Blur Media is not responsible for bad video. We just make videos and have what you need. We're not happy. I look really Hi, it's uh, Jacob and Tess here. We are here on the first ever episode of um, Do It In Post podcast, and uh, we're pretty excited. Let's uh, get it started. How are you doing today, Tess? Doing okay. How are you doing? Just fine. Just uh, making this podcast. Trying like to get fun time. Yeah, it, it should be. You and me, we're going to get it done. Uh, what's happening in your life? Well, we just moved into a new house. Um, I'm trying to get a bunch of projects done, trying to get the semester finished up. Okay. Is it going okay? It's going all right. So, Tess, what are your initial feelings about the Curse of La Llorona? Be honest. People everywhere are dying to hear what you have to say. Yikes. In regards to the movie, but the cinematography was well done. I just think that they copied and pasted parts from every other scary movie made, pretty much. It was pretty unoriginal, there was a lot of things that like were relatively obvious that were going to happen, which is always my least favorite thing, so. Mm, okay, so on the yike-o-meter, how many yikes does it get out of five? Five being, like, the worst movie you've ever seen, one yike being, it wasn't that bad. I'd put it at like a three. It wasn't absolutely horrendous. There were some good aspects of it, but there were just some things that were rather disappointing. Hmm. Okay. So, considering the plot, I agree with you on this. It was a very copy and paste type scary movie and didn't explore very far to surprise people. Uh, it felt really rushed and it suffered for it. I do want to say that I really enjoyed the beginning and the first few scenes. I, uh, I was wrapped in for until about 30 minutes into it when I started to realize how similar it was to every other scary movie I had seen before. There's a demon-like creature harming people, people ignore the initial signs, people start to find out more about the creature, the creature doesn't like it and starts to get more intense, people find a way to stop the paranormal thing, the thing fights back but is ultimately be beaten miraculously by the protagonist. And then everyone's safe and goes their separate ways. The end. Um, I do get that there is a, not a whole lot of wiggle room with this type of film, but it had parts that reminded me specifically to The Nun that came out last year and uh, The Conjuring series and many other films. I agree with that. What did you think about the dialogue in each scene? Uh, when we watched it, um, after around halfway into the movie, I started predicting what people were gonna say i'm not bragging i just uh <laughs> it just didn't feel good uh, i didn't like it at all i felt good to be able to guess exactly what was said but ultimately i don't think it's a great thing for someone specifically me to be able to know what someone is going to say before they say it i want a little more spice in my dialogue like uh i want to be surprised uh, by what people are saying i'm fine with um uh, 
guessing a couple of lines here and there, but I feel strongly that the writing of the dialogue was very poor and, and it felt rushed. What do you think? I would definitely agree with that. I think that just throughout the entire thing, like I said, I mean, like both of us said, it's pretty much just a copy and paste horror movie, which is rather unfortunate, especially with, like, the time being, like, we have so much opportunity to be able to do some really cool stuff, especially in horror. I'm a huge horror movie fan. I have seen so many, and it was really disappointing to be able to, like, just kind of know what they were going to say. And it was very, like, oh, cool. Like, <laughs> very unsurprising, very unoriginal. What is your favorite horror film? Oof. That's really hard because my favorite horror film really isn't that scary. I love Stephen King's It, the original 1990 version. Mm. But, oof. I don't know. I know a lot of people absolutely hated The Nun, but I actually liked it a lot. So Yeah, I, actually, I was a big fan of it too. <laughs> I, uh, I'm right there with you. Um, back to what you said about It, um, the 1990 version. Mm. I'm not... A, a huge fan of it because it, it kind of drags for me and I know you like it <laughs> but uh, <laughs> um, the clown uh, I, I can't remind me the actor's name Tim Curry Tim Curry yeah he uh, he does a fantastic job but I I don't know I, I can't attach to it like you have I think it's because you have been watching it since you were really young and small bean a small bean <laughs> specifically <laughs> um, okay moving on to the cinematography, uh, I won't bag on the film the whole time. I really enjoyed how it was shot. There were uh, various types of shots, and they were pleasing to the eye, um, bringing me farther into the movie. I really grade hard on a film if the cinematography isn't up to code to what I like, and I was able to watch the rest of the movie because I paid for it at the movies, so I'm getting my money's worth, and I enjoyed how it was shot. Most of the shots reflected uh, what was happening or what was about to happen, bringing me to the edge of my seat and it helped me to follow along with the shitty plot. <laughs> um, you mentioned earlier that you thought the cinematography was well done. Can you elaborate a bit more on that? I will say, I mean, it basically looked like a normal, relatively decently budgeted film, especially in this like time period. The only thing was <clears throat> the structure along with it. So I was impressed with the cinematography. I thought that part was going well and Every shot that I saw was well done and looked professional because there are some movies where you see that are just, you're like, how did you possibly get into a high budget film? So I was at least impressed that if they couldn't surprise us with anything else, they had some interesting shots that changed things up a little bit. I will say that made it a little bit different from other horror movies, but really the meat of any film is really in the plot and the dialogue and the writing so it was a little hard to ignore that yeah i absolutely agree jacob tell me were there any plot holes in this film uh short answer yes <laughs> uh i didn't catch many holes in the film besides when a side character from the beginning came back around and it took me out of the movie i i really respect the flow of the film and how I can get sucked into a movie, not this movie. Um, <laughs> this, uh, this one was okay, but some sequences were just way too much for me. There's a part where the family got La Llorona out of their house and they were safe, but the little girl's doll somehow got outside the house and passed the protective barrier, keeping the demon slash entity out of the house. Oof. 
The shot lingers so long on the little girl reaching out past the door to grab the doll. And she's trying, and it feels like the film's just trying to raise the intensity of the scene. Mm -hmm. But really, it felt cheap and like they were hurting for time and needed to stretch out a scene or two. Uh, There's no way that the little girl's would spend that much time trying to reach out and grab this doll. Uh, she did get the doll from her dad who passed away like a year or two ago in the film, and it's uh, all that she has left from him. But any other kid would not reach out for that doll. I know there's no way I would ever reach out for it. Um, at least I know I wouldn't risk it if a demonic presence was literally hunting me. I do not know a single child that would be brave or dumb enough to do it. It's not the fact that she reached out for the doll, because I, uh, I could see myself grabbing a stick or something to get the doll, but that she was lingering over the barrier for so long, creeping out towards the doll, almost waiting to see if La Llorona was going to pop up any second. I did not enjoy that part at all. I almost got up and left. What about you? I will say that drove me absolutely crazy because, like you said, I mean, it felt like they were just trying to get a rise out of people. To me, it felt like... I mean, we knew that at some point something horrible was going to happen, especially because there's, like, for those of you who don't know, there's a barrier who, that's, like, supposed to protect the house from the demon getting inside. So the whole time they keep lingering on this barrier and how close her foot is getting, so clearly something's going to happen where the barrier's broken. So it was really, it was just, oof, it was rather cringy to watch, and I was getting so uncomfortable and not because I was nervous about the demon or like because I thought I was going to be scared but more of like oh my gosh I can't believe that they think that we're that stupid. <laughs> I um I couldn't agree with you more. It was really frustrating to watch it. I you I, you're, I was there. You saw me. <laughs> I was uh, literally shaking in my seat from the frustration. I uh out of pure anger. Yeah. <laughs> I uh I don't know, I guess more into our careers as filmmakers, we've noticed more things, but it's, I think anybody would be mad at watching that. I know I was very upset, <laughs> <laughs> um, but moving on, we're going to answer a question from Twitter. Um, today we have a question from Twitter. Our question comes from none other than at nerdy B1RD, nerdy bird. <laughs> he asks, uh, what made you want to do filmmaking? Um, well, Nerdy Bird, uh, for me personally, I chose to be a filmmaker because it just made sense. Uh, I love watching movies, always have been curious how to make them or how to accomplish certain effects and shots, and to be honest, uh, because of my dad. We always watch movies together, and I think someday I just want us, I want him to see something of mine on TV so we can watch it together. What about you, Tess? It's funny that you mentioned your dad because my dad was a really large part of why I'm doing filmmaking as well. <laughs> dad's dad's uh, can be a pretty big part of it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he majored in broadcasting here at UCM, so I took a broadcasting class in eighth grade, and from then on I sort of fell in love with it. So originally I was doing a lot of broadcasting stuff, and I was really into that in high school, and then I just sort of realized that I liked letting people tell their stories more than telling the news, so I figured that cinema would be a good direction, and I, like you said, I've been watching movies for a really long time, that's like all my family ever does together, and we've always analyzed them, so it just sort of made sense. Yeah, I get that. Uh, 
there's something about watching movies with your family that like connects you with them more than anybody else and like you watch that movie later on by yourself and you hold that a lot closer to, than other movies and I'll, I I see myself re-watching movies that I've watched with family because uh, we just do it for the, the quotes and all the pop culture references from the movie. Absolutely. Um, My family loves to quote movies and TV shows. It's like the biggest thing. So like The Office, I Love You Man, um, oof, Get Smart, which just came out on Netflix, 10 out of 10 would recommend. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Putting in your plugs. <laughs> <laughs> Not that I have any actual like monetary connection to it, but uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's just it's really fun to be able to like have that sort of connection where like it's also really fun when people have no idea what I'm talking about, where like I make some obscure reference that only my family or like my boyfriend would understand, and mm. then they're like what are you talking about? Or they think I just like made up this really weird statement and I'm like, ha, no, <laughs> no, that's from a movie. <laughs> yeah, I think most people, uh, when they don't get a reference, they're just like, ha, yeah. <laughs> and just go along with it. It's so bad. You can tell people are so uncomfortable and you're like, oh, well, that was supposed to be funny if you knew what I meant, but, uh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, um, overall review of the, mm, the Curse of La Llorona. Uh, how many popcorn bags are you going to give it out of 10? Oh, out of 10, I would say... I guess probably a 5. Okay. Which seems a little bit high in my brain, but for some reason, that feels right. <laughs> I think it just, like I said, it's not like absolutely horrendous. It's not like the entire time I thought it was absolutely horrible. It really was just unimpressive it i expected a lot more especially from you know a film in 2019 i expected it to be a little bit more shocking a little more surprising like some more loops thrown in there i really was not expecting to be able to pinpoint exactly what was going to happen pretty much the entire time hmm. okay well you heard it here folks um thanks for listening to the first ever do it in post podcast and uh keep listening We'll have some more uh, reviews out for you in the next couple weeks. If you want your questions answered about filmmaking, about general knowledge, anything like that, make sure you tweet both me or Jacob. Either one, we'll answer them whenever we get a chance. Thanks again, and keep listening.